Alrighty. Good evening, good evening, everybody. Welcome back to the Veterans and Barbells podcast, where we will talk all things veterans, military, fitness, and somewhere in between a lot of messed up stuff. <laughs> but we also like to have a fun time, as you all well know. Today we got another good podcast here. Um, don't uh, forgive us if there's some background noise. There's uh, the the MMA um, and self defense classes being taught right now. We're trying to get an earlier session in because we all lot have lives and wives. So we know who really runs the show in our families. So happy wife, happy life. No <laughs> joke, you know. All right, so we're gonna get into it. I hope you everybody liked last uh, podcast where we talked about. Training and fitness and common mistakes we may see. Um, we got our nice little notepad of chicken scratch and Egyptian hieroglyphics. So we're going to be following this uh, kind of trend today too. And we're going to take um, kind of that subject of training and fitness and we're going to tune it to prepping for a meet or prepping for a competition. And maybe some things that um, you should be maybe aware of or th that you should be thinking about, about and that we have both thought about uh, in different instances when it's come down to uh, certain things that we want to do. And um, I don't know, about about say you just had a meet. So, you know, you talk about your experience real quick before we get into that. Yeah, so um, I knew I wanted to do something for my birthday because that's like my big thing is every year on my birthday I want to do some kind of physical competition of something. So on my 30th I did a Spartan race, and then this year on my 31st I did the powerlifting meet. And uh, thing was though, I knew I needed assistance because one, the powerlifting meet, it consists of deadlifts, which I've never even messed with. No. So that's where I, when I decided to hook up with you on training for sure. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, I learned pretty quick that um, with a little bit of guidance and uh, a structure, numbers went up pretty quick yeah i mean we're almost talking like he was almost seeing like uh like the new gym goer gains you know when someone kind of gets going this is like i mean kevin like we've talked about before like years upon years of different phases of of weightlifting and training and yet you know you actually give you know and not just kevin but you, you give someone an actual structure to follow that's periodized and i just jacked that word up and progressive based and the it's like the windows just open up on somebody because we're able to track, we're able to really see what's going on. Um, with direct one-on-one -on -one coaching, you're able to like get that oversight so that you know maybe you don't have to feel like you have to film yourself in the gym and then like send it to your buddy to be like, hey, how'd this look? Because you don't have somebody watching your back, in, you know, in the gym. And I hope everyone's got like a gym buddy because that helps a lot. Like mm -hmm. that, you know, even if you you have different goals or similar goals, like there's some competitive juices there and you're able to watch each other six on that um but yeah so it, it was actually a super you know great pleasure to to write the program for kevin and get him going and and realizing that you know again he was prepping for a powerlifting meet um while that's not exactly in my forte the thing is i know how to train strength i know how to train power development so all i had to do is really think okay so i have all these facets of what i know how to do let me take the specific focuses of some of that and really dial it in per him. And, you know, he wasn't just, you know, powerlifting based, you know, structured, you know, we also wanted to just boost his overall strength make mm -hmm. sure that he had also the accessory lifts put into the workout to where 
you know, if he thought he was having problems coming from coming off the ground with say a deadlift, there was already an accessory development movement in there that would mitigate that concern. Or if he had a problem finishing on the top, top end of the deadlift, I already had another accessory in there to make sure that that was tapped on. So that, you know, when it literally came down to the deadlift specifically, I was just looking at the strength portions or the timing and form that had to be molded just by either pushing and pulling numbers or giving him different things to do to make sure the form flowed. And it was good too that um, while Kevin doesn't always um, train here at Phoenix Fitness, he goes over to Capital Fitness over on east, the east side of town. And like I said, that's a powerlifting gym. So the eyes that were able to be on him when he needed help was hands down just really good for, for him to get immediate feedback and then for me to get almost the validation of, hey, my program is definitely working like I knew it would, but it's cool when it kind of like comes from another community that definitely does that. Mm -hmm. um, so that was really cool. So on that note, to segue to almost our first point is depending on the competition that you want to do, there's two things that I really stress to people is one, depending on what it is, whether it's CrossFit individuals or teams, or if it's powerlifting, bodybuilding, strongman, I mean, Irish, Scottish games, whatever, no matter what it is, find a coach. Find a coach or find someone that has enough experience, not just like, oh, I did a show and so now I know what I'm doing. You know, like those people are few and far between, but it kind of puts a bad taste in people's mouth. Like really find someone that's a validated coach that has a track record with either clients or themselves that can really put you in the right direction. On top of that, that goes hand in hand, do your freaking research. Yeah. Like if you're going to go at it alone, which is fine. There's a lot of people out there that go into competitions or they prep for something that, you know, that they go out alone because the budget's tight. Look, I fully understand that. And there's a lot of people in the world that do the same thing. The internet is such an oyster of knowledge, but it's also kind of a cesspool. There's a lot of good and bad information out there, and you need to be willing to understand what it is you're looking at and compare sources. Like, again, if you're going to go at it alone, like, again, I cannot stress doing as much research as possible to really understand what it is it's going to take. And that includes both looking up online and finding out what that also has to say that it entails with it, but also talking to people who's done that type yeah. of thing before yeah. because they might be able to tell you things that you're not finding on the internet or be like, oh, no, that's not actually how it is. It's like this. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, when you've got that insider view, like that's, that's crucial. Like when you can talk to somebody that's already been through the experience, like that's invaluable. Mm -hmm. You know, like, uh, for example, like when I was doing my research, I didn't realize that, um, you had to wait for commands during your lifts. For example, the bench, when you unrack, you have to hold that until they tell you, you can go ahead and start coming down with that bar. Mm -hmm. When you get down to the down and touch your chest, you got to hold it until they say to come up. When you come up, you've got to wait till they tell you to rack it. If you mess any of that up. Yeah. And don't, even though you did all the movements right, but if you didn't wait to listen for the commands, yeah. it didn't count. And I didn't know that. I, hell, I. You knew about the pause at the bottom. I knew about the pause at the bottom, but the other Which two items I, I didn't know about. about. Yeah. And so, like, I didn't even know about those two items until, like, a week out. Because yeah. I didn't look into it. I didn't yeah. ask nobody. And, of course, I, I mean, that's probably, I'm, I'm, I'll call myself out. I probably should have done better in, you know, researching that for you, for sure. But, again, like, 
I've never done a powerlifting meet. There's a couple that I wanted to do that, like, literally every time that I almost did one, it fell into direct conflict with, like, my, my military obligations. And it was so frustrating because some of those were, like, when I was pretty much peeking at some of my PRs. Um, like, right now, like, so for me, like, and many others, you, you know, you get training and you train so hard, you want there to be a purpose behind it. You know, mm -hmm. and right now I don't have a specific competition I'm training for. I'm really just right now, I'm training to continue to be a billboard for the gym, but I'm training specifically to hit certain PRs. So like before I went through a different phase that I just ended with, like my goals were to have a 500 back squat and a 500 deadlift. So right now, my goals right now are and to have a, a 300 pound power clean. And so, like, right now, all my goals right now are geared towards those specific goals. Like, I'm pretty sure I can hit my 450 or 460 back squat, but I'm just playing it safe right now with my percentages. Because right now, I'll tell you what, this morning's leg day was horrendous. I almost puked. But, again, do the research. Understand what you're getting into. Understand, like, okay, we just talked about powerlifting. Strongman. Understanding, I mean... Strongman has many, many different movements that can occur in a competition or that can, that can be trained for. Sorry, I need to correct myself. That can be trained for. However, only I would say a handful of those, I think it's six. I don't know. Again, I've never done this before. But again, out of all the thing, all the events that, that can be trained for, a very small handful are actually what is competed on. Mm -hmm. um, and that's just something you have to be aware of. Um, the common trends, honestly, you know, with a lot of strongmen I see is like get good at heavy hinge movements, deadlifts, you know, whether you, you know, um, carries, uh, yokes, um, over heavy overhead pressing, like things where you like, I am always impressed even watching the local strongman athletes around here because the, the development of the central nervous system that, that they have developed and, and the weight they press like just astounds me. Mm -hmm. It really does. I find it fascinating. That's why I've got farmer carries bars here. I'll eventually hopefully get um, a log press in here one day because I just I find those implements fascinating and I find them challenging. And I think it's just especially like a, a like a log press is like almost an ultimate test of like just strength. Just get that freaking log and put it above your head. Like I've been wanting to play with dude, that. Dude, so why? <laughs> They're actually fun to bench press too. Like just to like just press off the off the chest because mm -hmm. it's almost like you're doing a board press and you're just able to just push right up. It's pretty cool. I like it. Um, but anyway, on top of that, so once you like find a coach, you've done your research and you're you're in the process. This is a point, and I'm glad Kevin's here for this. <laughs> that he's probably going to be Exhibit A. Is don't like especially when let's say a coach has built your program there's a very specific reason why he set it up the way he has and if you would like to do more it like literally just comes down to a communication piece between you and your coach or you and the entity that is doing the programming for you like communicate with them just like you would one-on-one -on -one, and it's going to make your program that much better so what i'm going to say is when somebody has taken that time to specifically mold and tailor something <laughs> to you especially when you're two weeks out <laughs> don't do more than what is asked of you aka don't do stupid shit Kevin <laughs> please tell us 
why your powerlifting meet did not go exactly. as we had hoped. Yeah. So don't do stupid shit. Like two weeks before your competition, don't go to a workout at another gym with your wife and decide to do sprints when you haven't done sprints in probably over a year. And then pull your hamstring so bad you can't walk right two weeks out to where the meat comes and hey guess what you're only doing bench because you can't squat or deadlift without hurting yourself ladies and gentlemen of the court exhibit a <laughs> testimony and look okay it was definitely a fluke extreme example of what happened but Especially when you are so down to the wire, like if that pulled hammy had maybe happened five or six weeks out, you know what? I can work around that. We can build it back up and get it strong again. But like something like that, when when you're two weeks out from a competition, an event, something, anything, there is no reason you should be thinking, oh, I want to do more, or I should be doing all these extracurricular things. No. The program, especially when it's developing into a peak, like, do not add more to it. There is very specific reasons why, especially for me, like, sets and reps are the way they are. Percentage loads are built the way they are. Like, there are reasons I have, like, certain accessory movements in there so that, you know, you don't have a catch point in your bench, you know, or in the squat. You know, there's, or, you know, the deadlift, of course, but, like, there's, like, somebody that more or less knows what they're doing should have these things developed and in there to really like I need you to peak I need you to perform because that's what you are at that point when you're going into a competition you are a performance athlete I don't care what it is I don't care if it's bodybuilding or CrossFit powerlifting strongman whatever it is like for these competitions or even running or whatever you know triathlons you know there's so many sports out there of course when you are so close to competition your game you should be at peak performance levels, so do not add more to your program. Adding more is something you want to do in like, depending on the durations of time, your first like couple phases. When you and your coach are developing this dialogue, and especially if it's online coaching, with which Kevin and I were, you know, for his programming, it's kind of like a hybrid between the two. You know, for the most part, it's an online program where I send him the workouts, but sometimes we would meet one-on-one. -on -one. He'd pay a little extra for those, you know, and, and so it was that. But, like, especially if it's an online coach and you're not able to directly interact, you need to do, and this is something I've done with anyone that I, in the, in the past, have, have gone to for remote coaching, is I almost, I almost give, feel like I'm giving them too much information but the thing is, I want to one, I want to build that relationship very quickly, have both of us understand like how we can best and most efficiently talk to each other mm -hmm. to communicate what has to be done and, and those needs. And honestly, I try to do that within like the, the first two weeks. And it's the same thing I do with like in-person clients. I do the exact same things building that relationship, working on the communication, making sure that we understand each other clearly. And, and this is something you should be doing in your relationships, in your units in your families, you know, with your with your spouse or loved ones. Like these are these are not foreign concepts just specific to sports and fitness. Um, and once that's established, then the, the the coach can realize like, oh wow, like 
his output is really high, which is something a lot of coaches that, that I have gone to have discovered very quickly, at least about myself, just to toot my own horn, is like my, my volume of output can be extremely high. I'm very much like a pack mule. Like, you, like let's just say like when I go for rucks, this is not a direct influence of like example of pure fitness, but like I go on a run or a ruck, I pretty much just find a pace, lock it in, and I'm just like good. Like I, I will just go. It's the same for workouts, like, I'm smart about what I do, I listen to my body, I've spent a lot of time trying to, like, mind-muscle connection, and then I'm just going to put myself in a dark place and we're going to go. And and so a lot of times I've actually had coaches be like, yo, you need to, like, rein back. Like, I know we're just starting, but, like, I need to just build a basic foundation here, and then we can start getting after it in another phase. And I respect that. Because here's a, oh, that's a good point. If you are going to a coach and you are not coachable, you just need to step away. Because all you're doing is making the life of the coach or the trainer that much more frustrating. Like, hands down, if you cannot respect them... And you're wasting your own time, too. Exactly, you're wasting your time, your money, if you're not gonna be willing to be coachable. That That's almost one of my biggest pet peeves. Um, and I think I've brought it up before, it's a, it's a reason why I like coaching or training people uh, that don't have much background, like it's it's almost a clean slate or it's just a bare slate. Like there is nothing, nothing learned there. They have no idea about barbells and movements or exercises. In like they don't even know what a crunch is or a push up. Like nothing. I can build that from nothing, and I'm able to coach it the right way and I'm able to help them understand very important concepts. But um, if I have someone, this isn't everybody, but if I have someone that comes to me with like a little more experience maybe a lot more, who knows, let's just say intermediate, you know, personnel, and then I try to, you know, I evaluate them, we get going, I see what it is, I build what has to happen, I put them on the path, and I'm coaching them, and all of a sudden I start getting pushback, guess what, that's a very big, like, F you to me, because I have, and I do my best to be tactful and explain to them why I'm doing what I'm doing, and if you're still going to push back against me, I'm going to tell you right then, you know, this is not going to work, it's just not. Um, because if you're not going to be coachable, it's like with anything else, you're a waste of somebody's time. You know, so at that point, I'll be like, well, you know, Google says all right, so go Google it. You know, you want me to just write you a program, I'll, I'll discount you a rate, and then you can just figure it out from there. So, you know, that one got a little more serious right there, but yeah, that was a point that popped in my head was like, yeah, you, you need to respect the coach or the, the you know, because they're taking their time, their effort, their energy to to do all good things for you. And typically, 99% of coaches out there or trainers are coming from a good place. They, they do want to make you better. They do want you to achieve your goals. But if you're not going to follow their guidance, whether that's training or nutrition, and you're pretty much going to, especially nutrition, I've had multiple clients just flat out tell me they're not going to follow what I tell them to do. Like, well, you know, it's you're still going to pay the same. It's not like I can go to, you know, it's a bad example, but it's not like I'm going to go to McDonald's and say, I don't want any pickles and onions. Can you give me a discount? Sorry, it's still the burger. Yeah. So, anyway. Lunch. Um, I was just going to say, our next, uh, next area is like setting up for a meet or something or competition or whatever is like, you want to have goals. You don't want to just go in and like, oh, I'm just going to do this. Like, all right, well, why do you want to do it? What's your, what's your motivation? What's your goals? Yeah. You know, mine was... Um, I wanted to hit a thousand pounds. That was my, yeah, man, was my we, goal. We were we were there too. 
And so... <laughs> oh, uh, it's so frustrating. But, yeah, I mean, like, if you don't have a goal, then it's like, what are you, what are you working towards? It's like, do you want to do it just to do it? And it's like... Which is fine. Which is fine. But you should still give yourself some kind of goal. That way you have a motivation other than to just, yeah. oh, I'm just going to go to this and do it. At least when you're, you're you're actually competing, you have something you're striving for. Yeah. Like, we're, we're going to get to this point, like, at the very last. But, like, if I'm going to put time, effort, and money, you know, I, I've got wife, two kids, two dogs, and bills, and a gym with the surviving. Like, if I'm putting money behind it, I'm not just showing up. I'm going to show up to show out. Mm-hmm. And whatever that is, like, you know, maybe I don't take home the trophy, but I'll be damned if I don't walk away knowing that I put it all out there. Like, I, I left nothing in the tank. And I, I do this, you know, I recently got back into um, competitive tournament paintball, just out of the blue. It just felt like something I had to do. You know, I show up to those tournaments, those weekends, and I'm not just showing up to have fun and just play a game or, you know, maybe win. No, I, I want to take home the trophy. I want to be there with my boys raising the gold. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and, I, and I just, it, it's, it's and again, I, I understand that not everyone thinks this way, but, like, we can we cannot live as a society or a community of mediocrity. That is probably, like, besides people not using the blinkers, like, being mediocre just pisses me off when I see somebody somebody just putting their potential by the wayside regardless of your age your weight your 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 capacity wherever it may be with your health and wellness you know like just health and wellness like stop being mediocre stop just making excuses and just do the thing that's right find someone that's going to keep you accountable and just do it and it, it just frustrates me because like I just want to make people better and I want to help them understand like they have so much more potential within themselves they have so much more light to give either within themselves within their family or within their community like you just need to be a better person and the only way you can do that is to a degree you got to be selfish about yourself mm-hmm. like you you can't just always put everybody else's issues and feelings first you need to make sure that you are okay if you are not okay, how are you going to help the person suffering from depression on the verge of suicide? Like, again, that's just an example that flew out of my head just because military suicide rates are just astronomically high sometimes, and I just, it, that bugs me. But it's like, we have brothers, we have sisters. Like, like, put yourself in a good spot to where, like, you reach out to that friend that may be struggling. And again, this is stepping away from fitness, but like, if you're just saying to, to me, especially like if I'm, if I, for me, an example, if I'm in a dark spot and, and, and if I'm struggling and I have somebody say like Kevin that comes to me and he starts saying words for at least my personality, I can tell right now when you're bullshitting, like when you're just saying fluff words or fluff like content just to like maybe make me feel better. Like I appreciate it, but I know that it's kind of BS because like I can, I can tell it's not coming from a place where like you genuinely are like set and you're good and you've like maybe you've pulled yourself out of something, you know what I mean? Like, again, just stop being mediocre. Work on yourself. Like again, this could be prepping for a meter competition. You know, maybe this is your goal. Like you're setting a goal to do something, so that at ground zero, you're just trying to make yourself a better person. Mm-hmm. And locally, let's say. 
in six months, the only competition going right now that you want to work towards, or well, six, eight months, is say a powerlifting meet at Capitol. Or maybe I hold, finally I hold like Summer Smash here that I wanted to do this summer. FU COVID. Maybe another gym around here will take that name. Thanks very much for everybody else. But I wanted to hold like a Midsummer Smash here, like where you just showed up, potluck, barbecue. We had like three workouts going during the day, you know. And that's, you want to be like, you know, this looks like a lot of fun. I'm going to put myself on this path because I want to make myself better. And that is my rabbit hole turnaround <laughs> from that of like picking a goal is extremely healthy. Don't be afraid of it because fear is a good thing if you recognize it and use it to your benefit. I'm reading a really good book now due to my online course with uh, my unit or you know just my my I'm, I'm having to take an online NCO course uh, because all the schoolhouses are shut down and I'm having to read a book called On Killing by Lieutenant uh, Colonel or retired uh, Grossman or Glassman or something um, and it goes into the psychological I'll definitely, we'll have another podcast episode when I finish this book, but it goes into the psychological analysis throughout different wars and conflicts from like the Victorian area, pre, pre that all the way up until present day of what uh, aggression, fear, violence, and killing, all the things that like go into the psyche and, and how we react and why. And right now the chapters I'm going into are, are on fear and why certain humans will react the way we do to fear. Not just in specific to war, just in general. And so that's another thing. It's like, fear is not inherently bad. It's just a reaction to the unknown. Plain and simple. Or it's a reaction to what we project may happen. So, just saying. Yeah. But you have to do something. You have to put a positive step forward. I said this very early on with the gym. It's just come in. Like, just take a... You know, even if it's not here, like... Do something to take a positive step forward. Do don't be, something. Don't be afraid of something new. Yeah, dude. There's just you have to live life. Live life, like you know. So many things could happen. Like twenty two. If twenty twenty has not shown you that anything in the world can happen, including pigs flying and freaking aliens, like life is short. Like live it. Stop being scared. Stop being mediocre. Have a goal. Prep for something. Maybe just to get healthier, to play more with your kids. I, ca I find that one of the com most commendable goals for parents that are in a rough s spot uh, with their health and wellness. Like, if you're going to do it for your kids, heck yes, dude. I can get behind that. I've got two kids of my own. You've got two kids of your own. Like, anything I do, I think of, like, they are my ultimate why. Mm -hmm. No matter what. Even if it's, like, if I have a sub-goal for a competition or a tournament or something, like... My primary goal is my, my kids, my family. And then any goal under that just just follows. But my main why is always my kids. So, anyway. Uh, another really good thing to think about is, like, knowing what all you need for the meet. Yeah. Like, where is it going to happen? You know, obviously when you want to do it. Um, like, lucky for me that my competition I wanted to do is right here in town at my, you know at the gym I go to anyways like so it worked out real good two miles from your house <laughs> uh but you know like I, I I knew I needed a singlet but I didn't know like 
Um, if I were to do the deadlift, I would have had to have special, so you know, knee-high socks for the deadlift. Um, for the squat and bench, you have to wear a t-shirt underneath your singlet, uh, which I didn't know. You know, that's that was learning things. Um, so, you know, and I'm sure like in, in powerlifting, or I mean in uh, um, strongman and um, bodybuilding, there's things that you probably wouldn't even think of that do add to that cost. For example, because I'm, I'm, I'm mulling on the idea of maybe doing a bodybuilding meet. Next year? Yeah, I'm like, Next you year. know, I'm chewing there's, it up and, and just deciding if I want to, decide if I want to swallow that down or spit it back out. But, like, you know, I've been, the more I'm you gotta looking start into tracking it, food first. I'm tracking it. I'm tracking, I've been tracking six days straight now, so. We'll, we'll get into another story what he thought he <laughs> tracked and somehow he thought he had I didn't consumed, even look at that day consumed until over 3,000 calories of protein well I didn't that'll be another that'll be a story for another time I didn't even look at that until you asked that and I'm like something about this Tennessee but anyways um like for the um bodybuilding you now like the spray tans and stuff like I never that's one thing I never even thought about mm -hmm. I know it I know the bodybuilders cost a lot yeah because yes. here's the thing though nine times out of ten like unless you live close to like a, a really big hub or like an epicenter for that you're you're gonna there's again this goes back to knowing when where and how much extra money this is going to cost like it's going to be travel mm -hmm. you got to pack your food you're gonna have to buy a hotel unless you expect to like somehow feel prepped and ready sleeping out of a tent or your car which some people have done but like, yeah, when you get there, you gotta, you gotta pay your entry. You know, what if your coach shows up? Maybe there's an extra cost there, maybe not. You gotta pay for the spray tan unless you think you're gonna do it yourself. Side story on that is I had um, a good lifting buddy. You know, we were always in the gym around the same time um, and we eventually became friends. And this dude was an animal, just a pure animal. Just looked like Adonis, you know? Like, <laughs> uh, he's a pure Adonis. Uh, but dude was an animal in the gym just yoked out of his mind but like for his for his height and size it wasn't like it wasn't too much but it was like everything was there in full mass he went to a show and i'll tell you what when he showed his pictures his physique crushed just and this is not me trying to boost a buddy like literally factual just crushed everybody else on stage he did the tanning himself he didn't do the spray tan like everybody else his tan wasn't as dark so he looked really pale, which means his definition lines didn't cut as much. I mean, you could physically tell, like, looking at photos, sure. On the stage, under bright lights, though, didn't appear that way to the judges. Literally did not win a single trophy, that competition. Mm. Because his he, he didn't have a deep enough tan. He just thought he could just do it himself and have somebody with his back, and that was it. So that's what I'm saying. Like, you have to, like, do... This goes back to, like, doing your research, like... If you're gonna do these things, like understand like everything that's gonna go into it. Like there's a ton. Like trust me, there's things that I still research today, and I probably will continue to. Like, like you know, what do I need to take? What do I need to bring? And then your coach is gonna tell you, especially if it's a very specific competition, like the you know, like a bodybuilding. He's gonna still be giving you your meals and everything. You still need to be eating at certain times throughout the day to maintain the look that you're going for. Like. When you're cutting all that weight, like your carbs are almost non-existent, but your protein has to be so high because you've starved yourself to such a limit, you're staving your body off from eating the muscle that you've worked so hard to build. 
So your protein goes through the roof, but then at the same time, you've got to make sure that you're not holding water weight, but you need to still stay hydrated somehow. Like you need to make sure the sodium levels, like there's again, like it's, it's a, it's sometimes just a, a, a mind blowing concept of like what goes into some of these things. Like, as well as like, if you're looking to like, not just show up, but show out and that's good. But like, if you're going to their like legit compete, you need to at least be aware of like, maybe where some of your competitors set. You know, so like specifically in my head, if uh, I think this would, for m in my mind, this falls more with like powerlifting or like a CrossFit competition. Like if I'm really going there and, you know, I've been showing up and, I, you know, I, I've been competing, like I more or less know who my competitors are. Mm -hmm. And if they're active on social media, well, I'm going to be doing recon the whole freaking time. And if I have buddies that live in the area that maybe go to close gyms, like, hey, can you drop in for a day? See them. Watch See what them. they're doing. See what they're doing. Like, guys, like, there are just, I mean, I feel like these are common sense things, but of course we bring these these tactics over from the military, you know, just doing a bunch of PSYOP stuff, but, uh, and just recon, but, you know, it's, it's, know what's, know what's on the playing field, and understand the playing field, understand the rules. Again, my fault as a coach, not, you know, maybe saying, hey, look into the rules of the powerlifting, like, didn't know you needed a shirt underneath your, underneath your singlet for bench and squat. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah. Knee, knee, knee high socks for, for deadlift or you know whatever I didn't know that you know because some you know I, just, I couldn't wear my elbow sleeves because they were too, too big, big yeah yeah I I, uh, I forgot that too like and again it depends on, with powerlifting it depends on the federation sometimes of like what you're in or the program or whatever because like with one like knee sleeves are a go and it doesn't count as equipped but yet um, knee wraps are equipped like they're they're almost a, like a completely separate division of ranking like you're just put you're put in a whole different category if you use like knee wraps mm -hmm. you know and for me I just I use knee sleeves that's it knee sleeves and a belt and I'm good to go maybe lifting shoes if I'm feeling froggy like I am right now trying to get my numbers but um, anyway you just gotta know the rules understand what you're getting into understand the extra cost you know and especially if you're traveling start budgeting for you know, for me, I'm just, I'm an idiot, and I'll just be like, well, I'll just live out of my car, or I'm going to bring a tent and an air pad, and I'm just going to crash in a park, or I don't know, or I'll just crash in the parking lot of the competition itself. Like, I, you know, that's just my stupid mode of thinking sometimes, because I'm like, I'm going to cut cost any way I can, <laughs> unless a buddy's like, hey, dude, we, we have an extra bed. I'm like, oh, thank, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you got to realize, like, if you're going somewhere away, like, you're going to have to budget food or you're going to have to find somewhere close by that has, like, a meal prep source, which is, is really handy if you do have, like, a, like a clean, like, clean food service place. Um, and the last and final point that I think is going to bring this all home is from start to finish, no matter where you are, novice, intermediate, advanced, freaking expert, pro, you need to be honest with yourself. You need to really take a hard look at where you currently stand, regardless of where you fall on that spectrum, and those every and, and just taking into account like everything we just talked about. Be aware and cognizant of where you are and what sacrifices need to happen for you to really compete, for you to really show out at that competition. And I was talking to, you know, when we were talking over these uh, points earlier, and I know Kevin will have some to add on this after I'm done with this, but for me, 
And it kind of came from some frustrations from like kind of being stood up by a client this morning who's, who's just good overall, but like, you know, he's trying to be an athlete and this other things. And here's the thing. You can do some stuff, follow some of the plan, work hard, and you'll be good. Like there are a lot of good athletes out there, a lot of good competitors. But if you want to be great, if you want to really like have something remembered, no matter what it is, like you're going to have to sacrifice. You're going to have to put in the extra time. You're going to have to eat what has to be eaten. You're going to have to do the cardio that has to be done. Like, track the food that has to be tracked. Kevin. <laughs> We're finding his baselines right now, so I won't give him too much crap. But, like, it will take sacrifice. If you want to be great, it's going to take a lot. And you have to have that honest talk to yourself. Like, literally, just talk to yourself in a mirror. Like, can you look at yourself and throw some bullshit at your own face? Like... I'm going to be pro in three months. <laughs> okay, Bob. I, you know, if you do believe that and you're that up on yourself, great. But, like, you need to be realistic. But yeah. you know what? You can talk yourself up. and like, yeah, I'm going to be a hard-working mother effort. Like, I'm going to get after this. I'm going to work hard. Hey, I'm all for that. But, like, you need to understand, like, what has to happen. Or maybe you need to put yourself in a new headspace to be great. And talking about, like, sacrifice, like, the sacrifice is the main, weirdly main motivation for me to want to do the bodybuilding. Mm -hmm. Because bodybuilding is not just about, oh, getting in the gym and lifting weights. That's, that's like, probably the smallest part mm -hmm. of bodybuilding. The, the biggest part of bodybuilding is the mental mentality that it's going to take to stay on that regiment of food, proper water, proper going in the gym and actually doing, you know, getting in there, doing your cardio, doing the cardio, like it, there's so much to it that really comes down that I want to see if I can truly stick with the mental mentality side of it and stick to it and push myself through. It's like, um, our buddy Luke, when talking to him about before he did his, that last like two months, he was, he's like, I hate my life, dude. Yeah, it was a struggle sometimes to pop in there and talk to him sometimes and just see him. But I mean, here's the thing though, like, he wanted it. He had he a goal was, and he, he was, was willing to put in the work. He fought for it. Yeah, and he, he knew what he and wanted. And he took away some metal. He did. You know, some he, serious metal. Some very for a first time competitor, like, and that's the thing, like, if that's what you want to do and you want to keep being consistent with those results you're going to have to realize like somebody out there and this I love this because this is directly for like athletically related or even like in in war too somebody out there is training harder than you are somebody out there you know to put it in the military context is there's some ISIS shithead out there in the sand eating it training to kill you you know or whoever it is you know it's they're not stopping. They're not taking a break. They're not, you know, putting up excuses of, you know, oh, my phone bill came. Or, oh, I'm just not feeling it today. You know what I mean? And and uh, it, it's somebody out there is training harder than you. Somebody out there is doing more than you are right now. And there's a lot of people out there who are like, well, you shouldn't tell people that because then it just puts them in a negative mind space. I was like, well, no, it needs to make them work harder. Yeah. You need to look at your program and going back to like just don't 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 try to do more than what's in the program 
But if you are given something, stay on task. Stay on task and freaking wreck that workout. Own it. If you get to the end of a set of, say, dumbbell incline press, and you left something in the tank, boy, you better do another set. I'm not going to lie. That's what I do to myself. I'll say, you know, four sets, 10, 10, 8, 6. Maybe the 6 will be a drop set. If I left something in the tank on that drop set, yeah, you, you best believe I'm probably going to do another drop set or I'm going to do another set of 10, something. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Like, whatever's in that program is there for a specific reason to build certain parts of the body. And, again, going back to bodybuilding specific, like, it doesn't, there, there may not be a whole lot of movements or exercises in that workout, but every one of those better be hit, like, at 110%. Listen to your body. Don't get hurt, but you best believe you're going to be sore tomorrow, and you better earn those that freaking soreness. Earn that freaking post-workout meal. Yeah. So, you know, so anyway, um, again, I just want to, you know, a little longer than the last, I understand that we're going to wrap this up, but take all of that, be honest and aware of, of you right now. Dial it in. Understand, like, you need to make a sacrifice. Even if it's just time. Some people, like, have everything else, like, locked in food, the hydration, everything's locked in. And it's maybe it's just the time in the in, in the workout, in the gym, you know, because family, whatnot, existential circumstances. You know, make it happen. I don't care. Make it happen. Um, like for me to make it happen sometime involves me not getting into the gym till 9 o'clock at night. Yeah, but you, you do it. You have to do it. If you put, if you, if, if you're on track and you put off one day Guess what? Your mentality, nine times out of ten, is almost shot that next day. Like, you almost are guilt tripping or shaming yourself because honestly, like, you could have gone. Mm-hmm. You should have gone. You could have done it. Now, you, if it's your off day, that's a different story, but yeah. you're just skipping because you just, like, eh, I'm not feeling it today. Yeah, if you're being a pussy, you need, to, you need to pony up. You need to go in the desert, spread your legs, brush the dust out, brush the sand out, and pony up. <laughs> But, oh, when I was coming up, I would say that a lot to guys. Like, <laughs> if they were freaking doing something like... Yeah, SVS we, syndrome? Yeah, they... Uh, we had good training when I was a corporal. I miss my E4 days. Anyone that's been out there, especially the Marine Corps, if you've been in E4, you know. Especially if you were a good corporal. You know how, how good training occurs. But anyway, be great. No matter what it is, people. Be great. Be you. Don't be false. Don't be... Don't be something you're not. Be great. Be better than who you are or what you are. Keep your powder dry. Keep your powder dry. <laughs>